Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, Kimmy. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday, Dan. How have you been? I've been doing pretty good. I, uh, I did fracture my foot. And so oh, it's no. hurting, um, but I'm hobbling around. Well, I, I can't wait until you're back on your own two feet. <laughs> I look forward to it, too. I bet. Well, I have been looking forward to our topic for the day, which is pilgrimages of beauty. Yeah. Do you know what those are? I'm, I've heard a little bit about them, but I'd love to hear more from you. Sure. So full disclosure here and giving credit where credit is due I am borrowing this idea from the website thosecatholicmen.com. And even though they coined the phrase, it was already a familiar concept to me. And I'll do my best to put it in a, a very simple description. A pilgrimage of beauty is a, a trip that you take with, uh, could be on your own, could be with friends, where you allow the beauty of the created world, or perhaps man-made beauty, to guide you in a, a path of renewal of love and understanding for the Lord. So with the pilgrimage of beauty, you are allowing just the goodness of the Lord that you see around you, the goodness of, of the Lord in creation, to reveal to you truths about God. Probably not that you had forgotten. I'm sorry, not that you didn't know, but truths that you had forgotten. Um, is a, a saying that I, I like. I don't know who said it, but Humanity is less in need of instruction and more in need of a reminder. And so mm. these pilgrimages serve to remind us of the goodness, the power, the, uh, the creative beauty that the Lord has then that he wants to share with us. So we'll be discussing some of those today. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. My so wife, these are uh, just like normal trips that people go on? Yeah, normal trips. So anybody can go on it. Um, they can be local or they can be international. They can be very big. They can be very small. It could be an hour long or it could be a week long. It really just depends. So we'll first talk kind of in the, the grand sense. And then after that, we'll, we'll discuss ways to make this very, very uh, practical and doable for anybody. So whether you live in Colorado and have the Rockies at <laughs> your disposal or whether you live in Florida and can go to the beach or whether you are in a landlocked state with nothing like mountains or beaches, <laughs> there's still something around you you can, you can find. Like so, cornfields. Exactly. Yeah. And corn mazes <laughs> and, and whatever, whatever else you might find in, in Nebraska. So sorry if we have any Nebraska listeners or Nebraska natives who are listening. So the... I'll use an example from my own life first to talk about the power that these trips can have. Mm -hmm. So a month before my wedding, which was October of, the wedding was November, but the, uh, this event happened in October of 2009, okay. I almost drowned. Mm -hmm. I was being very, very unintelligent and I was <laughs> sailing in the Atlantic Ocean and I was not wearing a life jacket. Uh. And long story short, the boat tipped over. I got separated from the boat and couldn't get back to it, and I almost died. And while it was terrifying, looking back on the event after the fact, I was overwhelmed and in awe of the majestic power, beauty, and strength 
of the ocean. Mm. And this happened on a Saturday. I went to an early mass the next Sunday. And I remember with great attention and the most sincerity I think I had ever mustered, praying the creed and starting with, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Mm. And knowing the reality of what that word Almighty meant, because I had experienced the very finite power of the ocean, which was still effectively infinitely more than anything I could ever create. And that you could say that that reminded me in the depths of my soul of the importance of turning to beauty, of opening the eye of the soul, so to speak, to soak in the riches of the world around us. Recently, I heard a really, really good talk about the ways that people draw near to God and eventually are opened up to an encounter with him. That's the the term encounter or encounter with the risen Lord is almost a a classical expression in Christianity Mm -hmm. of how people come to a greater realization of the reality of Jesus. They move from this understanding of Jesus as a fact of history to Jesus as God made man in the flesh, not someone who lived, but who is alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And these encounters with God are what what makes that possible. And so beauty forms our image of God. And this is what tells us God is real, God is good. And it opens us up to experiencing him in a way that, uh, as I said, is deeper or perhaps on a higher plane than what we had had before. Well, I remember um, being on a retreat and a good friend of ours, now Father Josh, um, we were talking outside. It was towards the end of the night for the retreat. And they're just looking up, you could see all the stars. And I just remember him saying that looking up at the stars as a young boy was what prove to him that God existed. Right. And that that moment of looking up at the stars and seeing the vastness and the otherness and the beyond uh, was something that just proved to him without a shadow of a doubt that God existed. Yeah. And that's that's not necessarily one of those like perfectly logical proofs, but it's a proof that made perfect sense to him at the time. And I would guess that most people have had a very similar experience where mm-hmm. whether it was uh, seeing the sunrise or the sunset in the mountains or over the ocean, looking into their own child's eyes, holding their newborn Mm. baby, something like that left an indelible mark on them that they will forever remember as one of those special moments where they they feel like the the magic of the world, the magic that's really there but we forget to look at, Mm -hmm. reached out and touched them and reminded them there's more to this world than just what simply meets the eye Mm -hmm. and uh, little sparks jump off the painting, so to speak from time to time Mm -hmm. when we, when we encounter beauty in the world. Mm -hmm. So if if someone wanted to take a pilgrimage of beauty, what you should do is really decide on how long you want this to be. Uh, So let's say you wanted to do a weekend trip, Uh, a really easy one. If you live in the Orlando area could be the mountains of North Georgia or any of the beaches around the key, uh, the keys of Florida, mm-hmm. or really any of the springs, but I'll stick with uh, the mountains. Just I'll give kind of a little pretend itinerary. So, <laughs> okay. um, and it might be because I am planning one of these in the near future. Oh yeah. Uh, you and Regina. Yes, we're awesome. thinking of going up to either Georgia or Tennessee. Oh, uh, neat. Really make like a mini retreat vacation out of this. Mm-hmm. So, what we plan on doing is uh, 
simply we'll, we'll build it around uh, the sacraments as much as we can. So try to catch Mass maybe on a Friday morning and then head up there mm-hmm. and have Sunday Mass be the culminating event before we come back down. And in the middle of that, allow ourselves to be reminded of as many truths about God as possible through encountering beauty. So we will we'll take with us scripture verses that mm-hmm. just speak of really how all of the Lord's creation proclaims his goodness and beauty. And it's hard to imagine anybody ever tiring of the message of God's goodness proclaimed by the mountains and mm-hmm. the valleys and the hills and, and whatnot, who, or rather, which constantly exalt the goodness of God. We'll take some spiritual reading with us as well. So we may look at some von Balthasar. <laughs> Love him. Yeah. Um, perhaps some Hilaire Belloc, G.K. Chesterton. Or even just uh, poetry that speaks of God's beauty. So one that comes to mind immediately would be Gerard Manley Hopkins' Pied Beauty. Hmm. Um, and the just how all things speak of the goodness of God in very little subtle ways. Hmm. And what the pilgrimage does in a way that, I mean, I could go around and I could look at a garden, I could go to downtown Winter Park, and I could look at the beautiful rose gardens there, take a walk, but there's a lot of distractions. Yeah. And so it's, in a sense, it's hard to open my soul to to that because there's still the worries of the day, there's stress, there's noise. Mm-hmm. And when you take the time to do this, even if you very intentionally took the time to do it in your own home, you would hopefully be free from the distractions that, really are the same thing that keep you from praying well sometimes or from being present to people. And so it's, it's like removing the scales from your eyes, mm-hmm. so to speak, so yeah. that you can see something very old and, and something that you're used to, but see it brand new again. Hmm. So what are the, the places on your list that you would like to go mm. or that you've gone that you feel have really spoke to you of, of the beauty of God? Yeah. Um, well, I think I'd like to go to the Grand Canyon. Um, I've never seen all of those different stone structures out there. And I um, I think the Grand Canyon itself, yes, but also just the different scenery getting there. Like, I'd like to do a road trip through that area. Oh, that would be really cool. Uh, because I just it's so different from what I'm used to being a... Um, born and raised Florida girl, and then going up to Ohio, that type of um, climate and atmosphere and uh, just beauty is not something I'm used to. Right. And so I think it would take me very much out of myself and out of my normal um, atmosphere and visuals. Yeah. And it can, we lose an appreciation for everything that's right in front of us. And so there's two beautiful surprises that the traveler experiences. The first is going away and the second is coming home and being reminded of the goodness of, of how things are right at home. Uh, and I love the, I think a road trip might be the perfect way to do this because a pilgrimage is really, it's done in stages. Um, and something that I forgot to mention, it's, they're done in, in a sense of humility, almost in a sense of poverty, recognizing your littleness, your emptiness, mm recognizing that we stand as beggars before God. Um, and when we can do that, then because of the honesty of that situation, he's able to fill 
our outstretched hands with the riches we need and the give us our daily bread. Yeah. And that meets both our, uh, you could say our, our emotional, psychological need for rest, but also the, the hunger for beauty that exists in mm. every person. Yeah. So next on my list, the Grand Canyon's definitely there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Big Bend National Park in Texas yeah. is uh, perhaps the, the first place I want to go that's supposed to have, in the continental U.S., the lowest light pollution in the country, oh, wow. which means that you can see more stars there than perhaps anywhere else. And um, the, the air is very dry, so there's not as much atmospheric disturbance. Mm-hmm. But going back to what we said about our friend who was, as a child, was so moved by the stars, I've had those experiences all my life. So growing mm-hmm. up uh, on the outskirts of Orlando and Chuliota, there, uh, there wasn't a lot of light pollution in the early 90s, and it's still not that bad today. I took for granted the ability to go out and see a million stars every night. (laughs) And I remember actually making up my own constellations and coming up with (laughs) stories for them. And the, so I, I was learning from the art of the Lord of the universe, how to do art in my own little way and and telling those, those cute little stories. Yeah. Um, And it uh, very much like my experience in the ocean, when we're out in the real world, not the, the man-made concrete jungle, we are reminded of our littleness mm-hmm. and how, how finite we are, how brief life is, how powerless we are. And that's exactly where we need to be for the Lord to draw us near to himself. Um, yeah. And Jesus didn't, it wasn't that he didn't want the Pharisees to come to him. They could not come to him because they thought they didn't need him. Mm. And it's the sick person, yeah. it's the child who approaches without fear because they know they have no other option. Mm. And so it, in a, to me, in a beautiful way, going on pilgrimages of beauty turns me into a beggar before the Lord where I again am reminded my need to ask him for everything from my daily bread to fulfilling my deepest desires for, for beauty and joy and peace. Mm. So what, what That's is really neat. Thanks. What is perhaps one of the more outlandish places you'd like to visit? Oh my gosh. There are these underwater hotels. Is that real? It's a real thing. So they like build up this whole underwater kingdom. No, it's it's like a building underwater or something. Or or they float on the water and then it's like a um kind of like a submarine that you go down into, but it's a hotel room. And so they're all over the place. I think the one that got the most attention, at least on my Facebook feed, was one in Dubai. Okay. But a little more research, and I've come to discover that there is one in Key Largo, Florida. That is not too far away. No, it's not. In case anybody wants to know, what's it called? It's called Jules Undersea Lodge. And it costs about 800 bucks for a night. But it looks awesome. So essentially you're in the ocean. You have to get there via scuba diving. So I guess you'd have to learn how to scuba dive first. Okay. Um, not very, you know, takes a while. No, yeah. <laughs> it has to be a, a big plan yeah. to undertake. But Step then, one, get stu- scuba certified. <laughs> yes. Um, but the $800 includes pizza delivery, which would have to come... From a scuba diver. Or a submarine. 
or a submarine? <laughs> what? So the question then is, who delivers there? Because I, I feel like if I'm spending $800 <laughs> for a hotel room, I might be the, the type of person who wants something a little bit nicer than like the the special at the, the cheapest pizza place around. Yeah. That's just me, though. I don't know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe you can have refined taste in hotels and, and very uh, normal taste in pizza. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing about that is that you would literally be surrounded by the ocean and coral reefs and fish swimming by and just be immersed in it. Um, I, my family loves scuba diving, and so that's something that I grew up oh, doing. Oh, so you're ready to go. Uh, not scuba diving. I'm sorry, snorkeling. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I've never, I've never been scuba diving. Okay. Um, but with snorkeling, it's, it's just beautiful to go out to a coral reef and see all the colors and the beauty of the nature of it, and to be in the middle of the ocean, you know, and yeah. to be sw- accidentally swimming next to a shark, or you know, and and just to have that experience of just being in the midst of nature and um, the peace and the quiet out there. So I think that would be really neat to be surrounded by that. I agree. For a whole night. Yeah, no, that you could definitely make a, if you had $800 a night to spare on a pilgrimage, you could make a very nice pilgrimage to beauty under, <laughs> underwater. And you could probably make a great song about it afterward. Yeah. Great song, a ballad, or a painting. Yeah. Anything else on your crazy pilgrimage of beauty list? There are, there are places I've been that I'd love to go back to. So the I definitely want to go back to the Rockies uh, mm-hmm. in really any part of the range. I'd love to see all of the, the parks, the great uh, parks in, uh, in the country. Mm-hmm. I've seen Acadia National Park in Maine, which is a, kind of a little-known park, but uh, it's one of the few places where, at least on the eastern seaboard, where mountains run right down into the water. Oh, and so wow. you can be... You can be on the beach looking at mountains, at, you know, for one second and then turn around and see the ocean oh and the islands out there. And it's it's a really gorgeous, uh, almost magical place. So I would highly recommend people go visit Acadia National Park in Maine. And I definitely want to go back. Mm. Um, how about you? I've also always wanted to go up to see the glaciers in Alaska. Oh, that would be, that would be really I've cool. heard how amazing it is. Just sit and watch and um, my grandparents, their favorite cruise, they're, they're big, big on cruises. Their favorite cruise is up to Alaska because of the glaciers, being yeah. able to look out and see the glaciers and, um, polar bears and different things like that. Just the whales. Um, but their favorite part of that is the nature and the views up there in Alaska. Is there any one thing they've said about the, the glaciers or the beauty of Alaska that stuck with you? I think it's more so that they um, they go and do and see so much that is beyond my means mm-hmm. that for them to say, this is my favorite or this is the most beautiful, yeah. that that's what struck me. Okay. That they've rated it comparably to all their other experiences as one of the best gotcha. that they want to keep going back to. One that never gets old and one that they never tire of, you know? Yeah. And I would, that seems to really go right back to what we were saying. Alaska is so, it's almost like the last frontier. It's the last untouched or one of the few untouched wildernesses in the world. And to go there and be reminded of the, 
just the sheer size of the mountains and the glaciers and the ocean, mm. uh, the severity of the weather, which even in its own way, I think, can still remind us of, of the, the unlimited power of God, mm-hmm. does exactly what a pilgrimage is supposed to do, reminds you of your place before the Lord, yeah. um, and refreshes your, your understanding of His goodness, and that this, this infinitely powerful creator of the universe is at the same time an artist, mm. uh, and does not need to be feared for that reason. Mm. That, that really speaks to me, being, uh, considering myself to be an artist, of um, being able to participate in his artistry, you yeah. know, and to be able to appreciate the great work that he's done, and, and then participating in that and creating my own based off of that as well. Um, there's something very beautiful and, um, and just mysterious about that encounter i agree it seems like the human activity when it's when it's ordered rightly is meant to make us more like god help us to emulate him and so Mm. whether at whether that is uh, raising children in this the the partnership in creating a new soul that's going to last forever Mm. or in uh, the work of any artist participating in the creation of something that brings joy and goodness and speaks to the reality that God is good the, the created world at its core at its, in its very essence is good and does not need to be rejected and without art makes no sense in a world where nature matter is bad and evil mm. or like that I heard mm-hmm. somebody say one time the reason the Lord asks us to give and to to be charitable is not because we have to earn anything, but he's teaching us to be like him and to be, uh, to be open-handed and large-souled with our charity and our alms and our support of others. And we recognize the beauty of love. So whether that's in, in art or in service or in, in helping others, supporting their needs, I think that's what the, the Lord is calling us to. Yeah. But yeah. you, so you had, you told me earlier you had a really awesome quote from St. John Paul II yeah. in his letter to artists. Could you share that with us? Yeah. So it's kind of deep, so I'm going to read it slowly. Um, he talks about a link between the good and the beautiful. He says, in a certain sense, beauty is the visible form of the good, just as the good is the metaphysical condition of beauty. And so he talks about the Greeks um, who coined a term. I'm going to let you say the term. Kalokagathia. <laughs> which means like a beauty goodness. And so they actually developed a word for that. Um, and so he, he wrote this letter to artists to encourage them in their work and encourage us in our work. And I just think that's so beautiful, the connection between the good and the beautiful that the good is the metaphysical condition of beauty, that beauty is the visible form of the good. Like, it's the incarnate version of the good. It's the one we can touch and feel and see. It's as if, uh, perhaps a similar thought would be, when I meet someone who is good in every sense of the word, they are deeply, deeply moral, and without trying, 
they seem to, they, in short, they're like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Their goodness, their way of life is beautiful because it's so ordered and it's, it, it is at once true and good and beautiful. And the, I think most people would agree with the statement, we are built to seek and find satisfaction in, in three things, truth, beauty, and goodness. Mm-hmm. And it's what drives the, the human pursuit of education and seeking good behavior. That's the, the goodness in a sense. Um, and beauty, art. So really they all, they blend together. And when you see goodness in its, uh, in its perfection in a human, it is at once beautiful. And even if the person is not like Mother Teresa, uh, who in her, her old age wouldn't win a, a beauty pageant or be noted by anybody for her particular beauty, was still a strikingly beautiful human being mm-hmm. because she was good. Mm-hmm. And we saw truth in her, her action and beauty in her action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there, yeah, especially in art, whether it be plays, uh, drama, photography, music, we can recognize that recognize all three of those and if any one of them is absent it would probably seem like there was something essential missing from the art itself hmm. that's my take i'm, I'm yeah. no like famous artist or, or critic but. <laughs> yeah no truth beauty and goodness i think um we're drawn to all three and when all three are present that's when something is truly amazing yeah uh whether that's in, in good literature or, or good music or somewhere out there in the created world, mm-hmm. uh, those things satisfy the desires of our, our soul in a small way because they point us to God, and it's there that we find little tastes of, of our Father. And then I'd also say in the whole realm of these pilgrimages of beauty that one of the three will lead to the other two if you allow it to. Right. So like if you're going on this pilgrimage of beauty – and seeing, immersing yourself in beauty, um, there's a connection there to truth and goodness that if you open yourself up to and you are seeking that in the way that you had described earlier, then then you get to experience all three at once. And that's truly an experience of something beyond us. Right. And that's the, uh, for many people, that's, that's how God first gets them, so to speak, is that <laughs> they... With one of those three. So if you are, if you're primarily driven by logic and reason, then truth is there for you. And you, you perhaps might be struck by eternal truth mm-hmm. and the unchanging nature of, of morality. Um, or you could be called to the, the ethical, say the ethical imperative of, of living up to the law of the Lord that you know is in your heart. Or if you have the, the soul of an artist, just recognizing the goodness in creation and in really man-made art, whether it's sculpture or music, painting, drama, yeah. anything. Uh, there's there's more than one story out there about someone who's who's converted and come to know God because of beauty. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it because it cuts across or it goes deeper into the heart than argument and logic and reason and whatnot. And there's it doesn't impose harsh demands on somebody or what might seem like a harsh demand at first. Sometimes it's the best way to evangelize. When, I mean, it has to be paired with another, like a full approach of discipleship. Yeah, well, uh, Bishop Robert Barron says that beauty is the arrowhead of evangelization. 
What do you think he means by that? That it's it's the starting point. It's the driving force. It's the the entrance of um, of the fuller context of evangelization. Yeah, I think especially in that we recognize in beauty our desire for the infinite, and that it's uh, it might just be a spark of the greater whole that is God, but it, it can ignite in us this desire for more, which nothing on earth satisfies, which only in turn leads us to realize there's something more out there that I long for, mm-hmm. and that's something we call God. Mm. Yeah, that increase of longing for God, or for longing of something more. I love it. Well, let's get out and do our pilgrimages of beauty. Sounds good. If you guys have any questions about how to make a better pilgrimage of beauty, you can get in touch with us. Yeah. We will, we'll let you know. We'll give you some ideas. So <laughs> thank you for joining us. God bless you all. And we will talk to you next time. Sounds great. See you next time. Bye. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.